Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Chris Hart and Tanner Hayworth today. Gary Dickman's got to take a couple days off here. This is ESPN Honolulu. Super Bowl week, and away we go. Super Bowl week. Uh, all kinds of things to get ready for, including Super Bowl foods. Yeah, honestly, that's the one thing that's probably what everyone is most hyped up for, right? Who cares about the game? What have we got ready for the platter when it comes down to Sunday? If it's me, if it's me, I got to go wings all day. Yeah, you see, that's the one thing. When you look at uh, foods on the mainland, like some people might have, okay, Kansas City's playing San Francisco, so we'll have foods that are relative to Kansas City. You know, your Kansas City-type barbecue food. Uh, they have something weird with where they eat, like, cinnamon rolls with chili. I don't get it. And then, like, in, in San Francisco, you know, I don't know what San Francisco foods are, but we'll, we'll find something. And make some suggestions for your menu. All right. And but the one thing about wings, though, because if you look in Hawaii, you're like, okay, poke, uh, you know, all these kalbi, all of these uh, local dishes, and wings are at Super Bowls. So whether you're in Hawaii or the mainland, we at least have one thing in common: chicken wings, probably the number one Super Bowl food. The best thing about them too is even if you're a vegetarian, look, I think that cauliflower like wings when you use them as like the base for like uh any kind of chicken sauce cauliflower uh -huh. also tends to work a lot i'm a big fan of that uh, my brother was a vegetarian for 10 years so we know all the secrets so hey all you right. gotta cater to everyone all right uh football's uh spring camp continues this week what did we learn from camp last week we learned that everyone is here that's what that's i think the best thing that we could uh hope for this spring practice is the first week, everyone's getting comfortable with each other. Uh, I think the most important thing to look for, we would all love to watch you know, Micah Alijado uh, do his thing, but I think the most important thing to be watching is that offensive line room because, as we all know, start of last year, it was a little, a little troublesome at the beginning of the year, a lot of sacks for Braden Shager. They got better as the year went on. A lot of new faces in that room. And a lot of guys that are waiting their turn the last couple of years. So yeah. we don't know necessarily who's starting, but it's going to be fun watching who gets that starting spot. You know, it's not going to be definitive at the end of spring. We're going to know, right. of course, probably closer to fall camp, but it's going to be fun to watch those guys. Yeah, you know, and before we and, – and look, I love Mike Alijado. He just he, – he texted me the other day. So we're close – that makes us close personal friends. But you know what? Let's enjoy Braden Shager. Let's enjoy, enjoy Braden Shager. We want Braden Shager to be the starting quarterback and Mike Alijado to do as much as he can to help the team in practice and learn as much as he can. All right, we move on. Uh, men's basketball split on the road. I think 
you know, and winning two out of the last three on the positive side. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it from this uh, from this road trip because mm-hmm. the split is the most half-full way you can look at it. I don't think you want to see the split end the way that it did against UCI where we lost, what, 93-68. to 68. It was really tough watching, uh, yeah. especially in the first half. I'll say the second half, it got mm-hmm. a little bit better. Bernardo Silva did a huge 180. He looked a lot better in the second half, especially playing with foul trouble. I thought Ryan Rapp, he played 30 minutes off the bench. He mm-hmm. looked really good, in my yeah. opinion. A lot better than any of the uh, starting guards that didn't score uh, any points other than a Juan Munoz three. Josh Pacheco is going to join us in about 15 minutes. We'll go over the game. The Wahine basketball team looked great. Man, uh, you know, Coach Beeman had a comment after, you know, people are asking about the health of the team. Brooklyn Ruhrs still didn't play. You know, um, uh, Imani Perez was back. Her, her, uh, her, her papa passed away, so she was uh, missed last game. She was back in full force, but Coach Beeman had a comment where she said, "You know what? I don't know if we're ever going to be healthy this year." Stop! Not it didn't say stop asking the question, but you know what? I I don't know that we're going to be healthy this year. I think that's something that you just got to play with. You look at last yeah. year how good how well they played after all of the injuries started happening on that oh, team. That's right. Uh-huh. So it's maybe a thing where you get a couple of uh, girls, you know, stepping up, playing where they don't have to play. You have Jackie David playing a lot more minutes. Yeah, um, she returns. Love her. Um, just and she and now she's like the three point expert. I love it. It's great to see. And talking about three pointers, it was awesome to see Melanie McBee after a tough first half just really step up, dropping those two quick three pointers at the beginning of the fourth quarter yeah, to really close the door on UC Irvine. Right. That game really didn't look like a battle of the two teams playing for first place, in my opinion. Yeah, and uh, so imagine where Hawaii would be if they were healthy. <laughs> I don't get I guess you can't be higher than first place but no. uh all right uh let's see what else is going on oh HHSAA girls soccer uh we've got a couple of champions over the weekend pack 5 once again on the D2 level and uh they were they they won it in a shootout is that what you call it a shootout you call that PK shootouts or like a penalty kick shootouts yeah so they won it in the penalty kick uh shootout on the division 1 side uh, Punahou Buffin Blue over Kamehameha. And so congratulations to all of the teams. It was, I mean, to go for to uh, go backwards a little bit with the Pac-5 game, to mm-hmm. go the entire game through the entire overtime 0-0 zero to zero, and then get into penalty kicks, and both teams are basically perfect the entire way through. Only one miss for both teams, yeah. where it was 5-4 to four for Pac-5 to get the win. Uh, they three-peat as Division Two state champs. And then for Punahou, they repeat as state champs. This is the third time them and Kamehameha Kapalama, you know, meet. And this is the, um, I think it was the, the coach, Shelly Izuno, said the loss two years ago to Cam is the fuel oh, for the fire of he her. He said that word. Oh, Kamehameha. Sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry, Kamehameha. <laughs> don't, don't get mad at me. But she was saying the loss to them two years ago is like the fuel for the fire of her nine seniors on that team. So it's, awesome yeah, to see. Yeah, but it, you know what? It's well awesome to see. Not if you're well, Kamehameha. For us, for us it's but nice. but the uh, with um, Punahou and Kamehameha, I mean, it seems like one of those teams wins the D1 state championship every year. Congratulations uh, to the most outstanding player, Anuhea Eli from Punahou. I'm sure I messed up your last name. Sorry about that. And the most outstanding player on the D2 side, 
Solala Nasu from Pack 5. And uh, congratulations. We'll go over all the all-tournament team a little later on in the show because I think they should get their recognition. Now, that leaves us with the uh, uh, Motivate Foundation Boys Soccer State Championships kicking off this week and Girls High School Basketball uh, Championships underway this week. By the way, uh, they needed to. They came out with a D1 bracket last week, but they needed, uh, I guess, to have some games finish uh, to come out with the Girls Basketball D2 Championship. So this is what we're looking at this week. Uh, kicking off tomorrow, it's going to be HPA against HBA. I wonder if that's the first time that's ever happened. That's kind of cool. Then you've got Lanai taking on Hanalani, Farrington against Kohala, and Molokai against Kapole. Your uh, seeded teams are number one, Kapa'a. Marinol is number two. Kamehameha Hawaii, number three. And McKinley, number four, the OIA champ. So, Congratulations, everybody in the tournament. May the best teams win. I want to get back to the uh, men's basketball team since Josh Pacheco is going to be joining us in about 10 minutes. But how about the uh, Rainbow Wahine water polo team? Second time this year they've beat a number one team in the country. First, they dethroned Stanford, and now they just beat, was it USC? USC. Uh, Beat USC. It's it's like they... it's they have an incredible schedule. It seems every game they play, it's against somebody who's nationally ranked. Yeah, it's unfortunate that it did have to come the day after losing to was a number. Uh, it was a top number, number four, four UCLA, I believe. Some, something like so, that. Yeah. And it was in this tournament that I can't remember uh, what the name of the tournament is off the top of my head. But that t- that game against USC, of course, is then the third place game. But it was awesome to see. I think this is the first time Hawaii has beat USC in water polo in over a decade. I think they lead something like 27-9 or 23-3 to in our records against USC. So it's a seldom sight to see to beat USC, and it's Mm. been awesome. Uh, What an amazing start of the season for the Wahine water polo team uh, in Coach Moe's final season as head coach there. Yeah. How come she's retiring, did she say? Just... She been, been there. She been there. Done it all. <laughs> all right. Uh, by the way, it was the uh, Triton Invitational uh, in Canyon at the Canyon View Aquatic Center in La Jolla, California. I like to say La Jala. It was in La Jala, California. By the way, uh, Hawaii beat Stanford on January twentieth, the number one team, uh, and that was in the state, the Fresno State Polo Palooza, huh? By the way, that was the first time you mentioned the long streak, Hawaii's uh, long streak of losing versus USC. It snapped a 27-game losing streak. How about that? Congratulations, ladies. All right. uh, So we'll keep you updated. The next meet, let's see, uh, UH and USC are going to meet again coming up March 16th uh, right here at the Duke Hanamoku Aquatic, Aquatic Complex. So way to go, ladies. Keep it going. All right, uh, you know, on Thursday, we were so happy for the basketball team, uh, the men's basketball team for the University of Hawaii, because, you know, they they they, uh, they you know they won a game on the road. You know, it was pretty. You know, it, it's been tough going. I mean, it's hard to watch this kind of losing streak that the guys have been on, and when Hawaii won two games in a row, 
you know, I don't know if they were turning it around or whatever. I don't have, I don't really kind of think that way. I was just like happy to watch the coaches and players celebrate, you know, the win. And then, um, and then Saturday, you know, that was going to be a tough game, but the way the guys have been playing lately, maybe they keep it close and anything can happen at the end. But at the, um, you know, when you, the, the final score, 93-68, it just kind of makes you go, oh, guys, what happened? I think that's what Iran was asking of his team by the end of that game. He went out, uh, you know, after the game, talked with Josh Pacheco after the game, and uh-huh. straight up just said it. We played soft. Yeah. And I think he said it, too, in the uh, Star Advertiser piece where he said defense didn't run back back they didn't block out didn't guard uc irvine's plays well or even right and just got completely exposed you're talking about 9368 being the disappointing number i think the true disappoint disappointing number is 62 points in the paint if they had only scored in the paint hawaii in total would have outscored uci by only six points you know, it's crazy. The uh, we just got a te- we got a text a, uh, a little while ago. It says again, you guys talk about the men's team who's lost and not the women won both of their games. I don't know. I have it written down here of what we talked about, and we did talk about the Wahine, and we're going to look. Don't get me wrong. We support the Rainbow Wahine. I'm a big fan of Rainbow Wahine basketball. I think we all are, and um, I actually. I keep closer track of Rainbow Wahine basketball than I do the men's basketball team. But, and I mean, this is the radio show that is leading the charge in the media weeks ago saying, hey, get out to the Stan Sheriff Center and watch the Rainbow Wahine. Animal Nation has been texting in, thank you for the tickets. We made it out there. It was our first time. Other people texting me on my personal phone saying, oh, man, you got to get to the Rainbow. We're sharing that information. Uh, so I'm sorry if you didn't. You only heard part of the show, or you texted before, you know, letting us finish our first segment there. So let's get back to it, though, uh, with the men's bat. By the way, call the coach with Aran Ganat is tonight at Ruby Tuesday. If you want to come down, if you're a supporter of the men's basketball team, and uh, we will get into Laura Beeman and the Wahine coming up in just a bit here on ESPN Honolulu. But going back to the Rainbow Warrior basketball team. This is the first time I can remember where we've been on these kind of like, you know, these, I don't want to call it, well, I'll call it a losing streak, you know, and it's it's tough to figure out why, because different things happen in these different games, in these different losses. I think if I had to attribute anything to these losses, every time we have lost, the one thing I could point out the most is that we played soft mm. the entire game. In my opinion, Bernardo da Silva had some really dumb fouls, in my opinion, and that's what led him to be having, what, three fouls in the first half, forcing Harry Ruliadev to play center. I mean, I'll say this. At the time of the injury, I did not think more sex injury would be this, like, this instrumental in the unraveling of this team because there are times where now I am like, Wow. Even though that this year Morsak hasn't been playing as well in his freshman year, this is a team that needs a backup center bad. And the fact that we only have two centers on this team 
and not really a guy that can play an emergency third. I mean, right now, if I had to play an emergency center, I have more confidence in putting Justin McCoy at center than Harry Ruliadef right now. Yeah, Justin McCoy offensively, though, uh, yeah, I guess. You know, but it's with Bernardo Da Silva, when you talk, it was always kind of the criticism the last couple of years. Ah, guys got to get a little tough. As Artie Wilson says, you guys got a little, a little dog in them. And then you saw the dog come out in the uh, earlier in the season, and now all of a sudden he's looking a little soft. I mean, the guy scored 19 points against Irvine. I mean, he was the team's leading scorer uh, against uh, – who did we play on Thursday? I can't even remember now. Fullerton. We played uh, Cal State Fullerton. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, he had five fouls or whatever it was all on the same guy. He's been having a trouble on defense. Does that make him soft? I don't know. But, I mean, I never thought I'd hear the coach come out and say it. We're soft. And this is the thing about Bernardo, though. We talk about this every single year with him. We always talk about how he has issues, you know, being a little tough on the post. He has yeah. issues getting up too many of these kind of tic-tac fouls. Here and there, it's disappointing to say to keep on saying it every single game. It kind of feels like we're saying that, but at the yeah, at the same time, the second half happened. He only gets one foul, so he's one foul away from fouling out. Yet he probably played his best offensive ball playing against a guy that's a couple of inches taller than him and a guy mm. that was really leading that UC Irvine team. His name is honestly escaping me at this point, but dude was huge. That's like a matchup that I would say that would be a perfect for a more sec kind of play. But like you right. said, 19 points, three blocks while in foul trouble. He was doing mm. his absolute best in that second half. And I think it, you have to give him his flowers for that, I will say. But what's been the most disappointing part, especially from this game, especially in this matchup, is that we have gone four halves against UC Irvine and Noel Coleman scored zero points. Mm. Zero. He was a you know, non-factor in that game, and I'm that's ask, disappointing. I'm going to ask Josh Pacheco because it seems like uh, Noel Coleman the la has been, you know, he's been stepping it up the last few games. But anyway, you know what? Let's talk to Josh. Uh, he was courtside uh, checking out the game. That's coming up next here on ESPN Honolulu. Want to remind you that uh, HCAP is the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program. Parents, coaches, and athletes. You can learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. Okay, Josh Pacheco next. And then uh, we've got um, men's volleyball tickets to give away against Stanford. Keep listening to ESPN Honolulu. All right, we've got uh, basketball tickets to give away. Men's volleyball tickets Wednesday. We've got Stanford in the house. Uh, that's coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. Also, we want to get into the Rainbow Wahine's uh, victorious week as well. Joining us right now, Amanda's courtside in UC Irvine. Uh, checking out, well, calling the game. And I'm sure he's checking him out, too. Uh, not in that way. You know, I'm, I'm in a corner here. Help me out. Uh, Warren, Josh Pacheco joins us on ESPN Honolulu. Hi, Josh. How's it going, guys? I was checking out something. I think it was uh, probably the big board that wasn't working on the wall. That's probably what I was checking out. What are you talking about, Willis? 
so they have um you know there are some gyms that have these big video boards in their arenas like UC San Diego has a giant one there in Lion Tree Arena UC Irvine has a big video wall on one of its gym and uh, one of its gym walls it doesn't work it's just straight dead don't know why it's there uh, but uh yeah I was checking that out cuz that was that was surprising me a little bit all right, you know, Tanner and I were talking a little bit, and uh, I know you mentioned this uh, last night on a, on our text texting, and you mentioned Coach Gannat calling his team out, calling them soft. That's that, that, how does it? Is that the first time you've heard him do something like that? I mean, that, it sounds pretty serious when your coach is like, "We're soft." I don't think it's the first time. Um, you know, it certainly was significant. I think in, in this case, you know, you had your team that was being dominated on the boards. I mean, Hawaii was out rebounded pretty much in every facet of the game. The offensive rebounding statistic was one that Hawaii took on, you know, in, in the second half and started to lead as they, you know, got a little forceful, you know, a bit too late on the glass. But UC Irvine was dominant in the rebounding category, both offensively and defensively. And the paint points, which for the second time in four games, uh, a Hawaii opponent just took it right to this team in the painted area. Um, I, I think that's why you know he said that after the game. I know he said it during a timeout, you know, basically implying you guys need to toughen up um, because that's how UC Santa Barbara won a couple of weeks ago, and that's really how UC Irvine set the tempo against Hawaii and really never let the game get away was by just pounding into the post, getting Bernardo De Silva into foul trouble, um, and, and really forcing Hawaii on its heels from the outset. You know, it, it's like they need to channel their inner Bob Nash for our older guys who are listening. I mean, that somebody is tough. You need toughness. If you want a dog, you get Bob Nash back in the days, an undersized center that would whoop your Okole. Ryan Rapp had a great game, though, huh? Where'd that come from? You know, Ryan Rapp's been feeling a little more comfortable, you know, the last couple of games. He scored in double digits in each of the last two. And I think as you see some of the struggles in, in the guard position on this team, Ryan Rapp's given a nice lift off the bench. I, mean, I had a conversation with someone yesterday about, well, what is actually it was Saturday after the game about what is, you know, what does this mean for Ryan Rapp? And I think what you're finding is, this is a team that has found some really good bench performances. I mean, Jovan McClanahan's come off the bench and he scored double digits in each of those bench games. Rap is seeing the floor a little bit, comes onto the floor after sitting for the first few minutes, and he's he's picking his spots. He's aggressive. He is showing that toughness that you know Hawaii wants to see from you know, everybody else. I mean, he's crashing in recklessly for offensive rebounds and. You know, he didn't stuff in his face like a drink as he goes down to the ground. I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the kind of you know, effort that you're wanting to see. And, you know, it, it probably doesn't mean that Ryan Rapp earns away into the starting lineup. It probably means that his best work comes off the bench. But he has shown um, kind of what I think people were hoping to see a little bit of last year until the injury hit him and uh, what there was a promise of, of this year that's just taken a little while to, 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 to kind of develop. But – he has shown, I mean, to go back to that confidence, there were there was some dribble penetration into the lane that a lot of times you're seeing other guards just kind of you know, get right to the edge of the lane. They realize they're hemmed off, and they stop. They stop their dribble, 
all of a sudden they're looking to throw to throw the ball out, find someone for a contested three, or just just get out of there in general. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I appreciated about Rap was he would get into the lane, it would be hemmed off a little bit, but he didn't just kind of stop and turn around and look. He had this aggression of wanting to get to the rim, wanting to score. Um, and that's something we hadn't seen from him earlier in the year, a willingness to just not cave in because the defense just you know, got right in front of him. He wanted to take it to a defense. And I think that's why that, that road trip was especially impressive for him mm. because he, he hasn't seen that. We haven't seen that for him all year. With the confidence for Ryan Rapp and that really great game that we saw from him on Saturday, what can you say towards, you know, Noel Coleman, in the four halves that he has played against UC Irvine, scoring zero points in both matchups. Now this is the mm-hmm. third time this season where Noel Coleman goes away with a donut in the point total. What's going on with Noel? And is this more of UCI playing good defense? Or is this more of Noel Coleman getting rattled? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think you have to credit UC Irvine's defense first off. I mean, they are the best defense in the conference by, by scoring allowed. So, you know, Russell Turner's put a, a really good quality team together. They are an NCAA tournament-worthy team. Uh, they are for real. There's no doubt about that. Um, if you look at the shots that Coleman's gotten, um, many of them have not been open. They've been in situations where if he's trying to get one off, he's kind of, you know, thrown it up quickly as compared to having an opportunity to catch, set, and release. Uh, to be in that, uh, as we learned when we were younger, the triple threat position where we could catch and then we could determine whether we want to shoot, pass, or dribble. He's getting it, and if he feels like he can do it, he's kind of you know, his his tempo's quickened a little bit. But what you're also seeing is when that's not going down, he's not wanting to shoot it, and so you're, he's finding himself in a position where he's just not confident, he's not comfortable. Um, and then he had his best look, I think, came in the second half. It was a, a straightaway three right down the chute, and instead he had airballed it short and left. Mm. And it was that one shot was really kind of the telling point of, you know, what these two games against UC Irvine has been. I mean, that's why you don't see a lot of shots taken because he just doesn't have a lot of good looks. Mm. Um, but you also don't see a lot of good shots for what he is taking. And you know, knowing Noel, you know, this is this, he's kind of taking it personal. Um, you know, because this is eat, this is eaten at him a little bit, and it reminds me of something Iran had said several weeks ago in that last road trip, where they were missing shots, and he'd say, "You know what? Our, our guys miss shots, and they feel sad for themselves. They get down on themselves." Mm. And he is unfortunately kind of one of those those instances in which which that happens. It kind of tumbles for him, and that's hard to see from the team's leading scorer. Josh Pacheco joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. One more for you. And then with Bernardo da Silva, we've criticized his game plenty probably the last couple of years. And in the first half, it was looking like one of those games where it's like, oh, he's in foul trouble. Oh, he's not really contributing much on the offense or the defense. But then the second half happens. He does get one more foul, but he finishes the game with 19 points, three blocks, kind of like a quick two-parter. Just kind of talk about that second half for Bernardo, but also a little bit scarier. What does Hawaii do now? when it comes to, you know, subbing in for Bernardo da Silva, because it certainly doesn't seem like Harry Wooliadef might be the answer at the backup center spot. 
I love how uh, Chris says, hey, last one. Tanner, I'll just split this into two. Um, <laughs> like on a 1A, 1B, you know? <laughs> what do you do? I mean, I don't, I don't know that you really have an answer to that. Um, mm. there, there is no one on the bench that really can replicate what Bernardo da Silva or even Justin McCoy is capable of, and that's why you continue to get haunted by the loss of Morsec. Because while Moore isn't necessarily either of those guys either, um, his length and his just his, his I, I don't want to say lack of being careful, but his just you know, propensity to throw himself up off the ground and see if he can like hit something. Many times it's a player, other times it's the ball. <laughs> um, you know, he just hey, he that's okay, him, man. He he makes himself a presence, and that's yeah. just, you know what Hawaii doesn't have. I mean, Ruliadef was eaten alive in post defense on Saturday. I mean, he had one really good possession where he held his ground in the second half, but other than that, you see Irvine saw him in the game. And they took it right down to the post every time. Yeah. I mean, McCoy played in the post, and he and he was fine. But other than that, you know, Akira Jacobs had a couple of possessions where he had to play post defense, and you know that's something that he as he's getting stronger and he's getting in the weight room, um, you know, he's continuing to work on. And, and Tanner, to your point, in the second half, Bernardo Silva did not leave the game until the final minute and a half, two minutes, and that was at the point where Iran Gannat was starting to throw a bunch of subs in. That was, to me, that was the most impressive thing. You throw the numbers aside, Bernardo da Silva played with three fouls the entire second half, grabbed one more, as you said, and managed to stay on the floor for 17 minutes plus in succession. That is, um, that's that's pretty remarkable, and he's going to need that, and, and, and frankly, they're going to need a little bit of that, of that too from Justin McCoy, because uh, that front court is so thin right now that they're going to be asking for a lot of minutes from those guys. And De Silva knew it. He talked about it earlier in the week. He was able to get through that on Saturday. They'll just need him to kind of you know, stay clean uh, with battles against good interior opponents because uh, he got beaten up pretty good there in the first half. All right. Well, well hey, real quick, did did I'm looking at the box score here? Did you see Irvine play their entire team against Hawaii? Did like everybody uh, get in? No. It wasn't. No, it they, wasn't like it wasn't um, like AYSO. No, Russell Turner is, has a legitimately deep team, and and that's why I said earlier. And I had this conversation with someone a few days ago. UC Irvine is as deep of a team that I have seen in several years. Uh, that's why they've had some solid non-conference results. That's why they had a net rating in the top eighty. Um, if they if they win the Big West, who I mean, we'll see if that happens in March. If they do. They have a good chance of a 12 or a 13 seed, and that's because he has recruited some really good size, really good depth. Um, I mean, they have one or two more guys that play sparing minutes, and they got another couple of guys that they've redshirted. So, yeah, they haven't played everybody, but he's got supreme confidence <laughs> in the guys that he throws out there because they don't you don't just throw in a guy for a minute, minute and a half. I mean, he, right. played, he played 12 guys in the first half. So, yeah, that's a that's a pretty tough squad to go up against. And, uh, you know, that's if Hawaii the, sees them in March, you kind of hope yeah. that you've, you've figured them out by the time you see them in March. Yeah, I, it's, that's uh, 12 guys. Uh, that's a lot of yeah. – that's, that, that's, that's deep. Hey, Josh, we're yeah. a little over time. Thank you very much for uh, coming on, and uh, welcome home. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. All right, brother. Josh Pacheco here, uh, the road voice of the Rainbow Warriors. Uh, Bobby Curran will be doing the home games, and you'll be uh, you can join Bobby with Coach Gannat 
tonight at Call the Coach at Ruby Tuesday Moanalua. Also, check it out, check it out. I think this is the first time they're doing this. You can meet the new recruits, coaches, and some uh, current Hawaii football players at the National Letter of Intent Dinner coming up on Wednesday at the Sheraton Waikiki Beach Resort. Individual tickets and tables are still available. You can go to nakoa.org for more information. All right, coming up just in a couple of minutes, just a few minutes, the Rainbow Warrior volleyball team has got Stanford coming to town on Wednesday and uh, I believe Friday, right? Wednesday and Friday. So Wednesday and Friday, we're going to give away a pair of tickets uh, to see the Rainbow Warriors coming up. Uh, So just keep listening for that. It'll be in just a couple of minutes. We've been talking about the uh, Rainbow Warrior men's basketball team this morning. And, uh, you know, all (laughs) just... Basically, a little soft on the on the road, as you know. Their coach said, "We'll get more on that on call the coach tonight at six thirty. But we should be actually celebrating also the Rainbow Wahine basketball team. I was telling Tanner off the air earlier that this Rainbow Wahine basketball team reminds me of the nineteen eighty five Chicago Bears. I'm not sure if Tanner remembers." You know, the 1985 Bears, as he was, you know, not born yet. And uh, I don't even know if your parents were married yet, were they? They were. Oh, okay, so they got married young. Uh, but anyway, the 85 Bears was known as a team, we'll remember, with all these great personalities. Guys from Refrigerator Perry to Jim McMahon to uh, Sweetness Walter Payton to Willie Galt. Uh, to the you know uh, Steve McMichael, all of these guys, right? All of these really cool personalities fit into one championship team, and you can't forget about those guys playing uh, the entire season with their defensive coordinator and their head coach feuding. Those guys couldn't stand each other. Mike Ditka and um, not Rex Ryan, Buddy Ryan. It's kind of, it's not as much on that scale with the personalities, but the Rainbow Wahine basketball team, to me, has a lot of different personalities. You've got Lily Wahine Kapu, who to me is Walter Payton, right? She's quiet. She's tough. She's good. You have uh, somebody like Ashley Toms, who's just a bulldog, a fighter. She's like one of the, you know, she's like Mike Singletary, right? That's Ashley Toms. You have Melani McBee, who is just, you know, from outside the three-point shooter. and and uh, But then again, she's tough on defense. I don't know who Melani is yet. You got Deja Phillips. She's a, she's a, she's a junkyard dog. I, she's my favorite player. Because De, Deja Phillips can do anything you need her to do. She's an 85% free throw shooter. She can shoot threes, uh, except in this past game, but usually if <laughs> she wants to, right? She, she was 0 for 2, but that's okay. She can play defense. She can mess up your offense. She can just be a total energy. When I, you watch the men's basket, and I don't want to do this, and I said I wasn't going to do this. I'll just do this for a second. The pro, it, It's kind of sad because what people are doing, including, I guess, us here in the media, if you want to call us media, 
is that we're comparing the men's basketball team to the women's basketball team. It's like people compare our radio show to the afternoon radio show. Well, you know what? We're on the same team last time I checked. There's no need. The men are having their separate struggles. We can celebrate the Wahine without putting down the men. Or in other years, vice versa, right? Not that many times when Laura Beeman was the coach, but what you don't know, see what I'm getting at. We don't need to put down the other team. But the thing with the women's team is you watch somebody like Ashley Toms, and I don't know how long her parents are going to be in town, but I hope they never leave. Because, I mean, she is out there playing like a football player. Ashley Tom, the, 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 some of the guys on the men's basketball team need to watch Ashley Toms. I don't know how she's not more injured than she probably already is. Maybe so, she has a lot of stuff on the side that we don't hear about. Uh, maybe. That's what I'm seeing. And, and, you know, you've got guys. You've got Imani Perez jump, getting down on the floor. These guys are diving for balls. They're spitting. They're sweating. They're bleeding. They're going out there to, to, just, it, to just compete the best they can. They don't care how it looks. They're just trying to get her done, and they have been. With all the injuries you have and you're still in first place, that's something to be said. And I'll say this, too. To further the appeal of the Rainbow Wahine team, we have followed this specific core of the Rainbow Wahine for almost four years now. Think about that. I, I have only been following uh, UH Sports really closely since around 2020, since I started working uh, around here and uh, being at the student paper at the University uh, of Hawaii. Uh-huh. I don't know any other Rainbow Wahine team other than Deja Phillips, uh, Kelsey Emai, Ashley Toms, Jackie David, all of Melani McBee. These are all names that I've heard the last three, almost four years now, mm-hmm. and it really feels like I, the reason why it's so exciting to watch this team is because we've been through it with this team, and it feels like we're watching a pro team at this point because mm. they're still here. I mean, Ashley <laughs> Toms is the only senior on this team. She's wow. the only one that's going to be graduating this year. So mm-hmm. next year, we'll get even more, one more year of Kelsey Emai, Deja Phillips, Lily Wahine Kapu, and true, she's only been here for two years, but at this point, really feels like she's been here for longer because she feels mm-hmm. she fits right in to this core of players. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's like the star players. I remember in 2020, it was Amy Atwell. You know, she was obviously the number one, but after her, it was this amazing core of role players that knew what they had to do. And even now, there isn't a real number one star. What we have here is a core of top-tier role players doing exactly what their job is. Night in, night out, and they're all willing to be flexible with their positions, flexible with their mentalities, so that they can get the win in pretty much whatever way they think that they can. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can uh, touch more on this, but let's do this now, uh, because I'm going to forget. We'll give away a pair of men's volleyball tickets Wednesday against Stanford. Caller number five right now at 808-296-1420. Call in. Those tickets are yours, and we'll see you at the Stan Sheriff Center. Weather today, uh, we got more breezes coming our way. Winds out of the east at 15 to 20 miles an hour. Going to be partly cloudy, high in the upper 70s. Might even have some scattered showers 
here and there. So stay dry and stay cool if you can. Uh, call the coach once again tonight, 6.30, Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. Come on by and support the men's basketball team and Coach Gannat. Okay, all of those announcements out of the way. We'll be back with our winner and more on the Rainbow Wahine and your texts at 808-296-1420. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Hey, 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 congratulations, Rod out in Kaneohe. Hope you're staying dry and cool on the wind, or warm on the windward side. Rod from Kaneohe uh, just won a couple of tickets to see the Rainbow Warriors take on Stanford. And uh, Hawaii, of course, you know, you, you kind of saw it coming. Uh, it wasn't big news, but uh, yesterday uh, Hawaii did beat Tusculum again, 25-15, uh, to 15, 11 and the last match, I don't know how long it lasted, but 25 to 7. It was a very, very, very short one. But One good hour job. and 33 good. minutes. For the entire match? Yeah. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half. -er. I wonder how long the last set mat lasted. I mean, that last and set went by pretty quick, thanks to what? <laughs> Kurt Neusterer's 18-0 scoring run. Wow! Yeah, 17 straight serves for the middles. Uh, I think Tiff said it uh, well. Who said middles can't serve? <laughs> he had, he had, and he had, was it four or five aces during that yeah. run as well? Keone Thim, uh, 14 slam downs on that game. By the way, on our show, the student section, which is tomorrow already again at AutoSource, uh, we are going to have Keone Thim and also uh, Louis Sakanoko uh, going to be our uh, special guests down there at AutoSource. So be listening for that show on at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And then later on in the week, we're going to put it on YouTube. You can, uh, you know, watch the, the lovely and talented Cole Mousehoff and the, um, you know, the talented, not lovely Chris Hart. Well, not even really talented either. He does a good job of being there, though. Yeah, I, I get there. I get there on time. I got you got, you got to say that for me. Alakai Todd had eight slam downs for the Rainbow Warriors. And, it, you know, now... And there were, you know, a good crowd to watch, you know, Tusculum at the arena. But uh, I imagine Wednesday is going to be a big crowd to watch Stanford. Yeah, Stanford, you know, unfortunately they had suffered a loss in their standalone matchup against CSUN over the weekend. However, that was without their number one opposite hitter, whose name is escaping me at this moment. So mm -hmm. what's going to be big for Stanford this week in their two-game uh, matchup is whether or not that he suits up. And that's going to be a big deal for Stanford, obviously. When you have your number one opposite hitter go down, you're obviously going to see a drop in production. I can't imagine Stanford suffering. I can't imagine Stanford suffering in men's volleyball. They're so good. Well, remember a couple of years ago, they almost had to, they almost cut the program. Why? Uh, it was something. I can't remember what it was. It was due to like the cuts during COVID, but luckily that the program survived. One of the Sheesh. best, you know, volleyball programs in the country. Would have been a travesty mm -hmm. to see it go. All right. Uh, do we have a time for our other sporting news, or we uh, got to take a break? In other sporting news, in other sporting news, uh, Taylor Swift has uh, made Grammy history. She got four, her fourth Grammy for Album of the Year. That's the most out of anybody ever. She's surpassed. Now these guys, Stevie Wonder. Paul Simon and Frank Sinatra 
got album of the year three times. Taylor Swift, four times. And announced her 11th album. Yeah, the Dead Poets Society. What is it called? Something I keep about wanting to call it poets. Dead Poets Society, too. That's that's a common issue with a lot of people. I can't remember oh, what it is. It's, it is the, uh, uh, the Tortured Poets Department debuting April 19th. That's, and that's your sporting news. Top stories coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Hope you're having a great morning on this uh, breezy Monday morning. Another traffic update coming up in less than 15 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Talon Spiller, former Rainbow Wahine basketball player and uh, uh, one of uh, part of the uh, ESPN Honolulu broadcast team covering the games. Talon Spiller is going to join us in 15 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. We've got men's basketball tickets to give away for Thursday night against uh, UC San Diego. Top headlines are following. Of course, Rainbow Warrior football spring camp will continue this week. The boys getting her done. Yeah, last week when I had my opportunity to go out there and watch practices, uh, I had the most fun watching the uh, 1v1s between the uh, offensive line and defensive line, watching the Nevada transfer Dion Washington having a lot of really nice reps. And, of course, just watching those receivers do some work with Dan Morrison and Jared Asua you know, talking up those boys. It's I'm excited for this year. I'm not gonna put out lofty expectations, you know. I learned my lesson last year, but I'm very excited when this team finally gets to start in week zero with whoever we're going to play that week. Because we still All don't know. Right. All right, let's go Bows. Uh men's basketball, they split on the road. Rainbow Wahine uh win their matchups. Lots of exciting uh uh, lots of excitement from the Rainbow Wahine. The men have won two out of their last three. That's a positive. Yeah, you know, when after the game when Josh Pacheco had said, and that's the end of the winning streak, where I'm like, well, two games in a row, I guess we could still call that a winning streak. For yeah. this team, it's big deal, but it's tough to see it happen. Like you said, upcoming for the Rainbow Warriors is UC San Diego, a team where <laughs> when that game started, it looked really good. And then there was that 19-0 run that eventually uh, did the uh, uh, demise of the Rainbow Warriors that game in La, ha- in La Jolla. I almost did it. Um, but UC San Diego came in. almost said La Jolla. Uh, for some reason, that's my mistake that I now seem to make every time I see La Jolla. <laughs> so I get half of the right with the, with the H sound on the J. I just ignore the Y sound on the double L. I took uh, French, to be fair. Ah, okay. Uh, let's see. We okay. So men's basketball, they uh, split on the road. Uh, Wahine basketball. I'm going down my list here. Oh, congratulations uh, to the Motivate Foundation HHSAA Girls Soccer Champions, Pac-5 on the D2 level and Punahou on the D1 level. State champs. Both games won in the you know last parts of the each halves in different ways. Obviously, you had Punahou. Uh, they were up 2-0. Kam- uh, Kamehameha starts maybe putting in a comeback bid with a quick header off a free off of a free kick, but Punahou in the end, their defense comes through and makes sure they get the repeat. Pac-5 gets the three-peat victory for state champs-wise through PK shootouts. Both teams, 5-5, five of five, 
five for four for Kamehameha in the end after their second kicker. Kamehameha Hawaii. Kamehameha Hawaii. Thank you. Mm. Kamehameha Hawaii missing their second of their five. I know, kicks. and that was so close. It hit the, the what do you call the top the bar? Crossbar. The crossbar. I like top bar. It hit the top bar and came straight down. It didn't like, oh, it was a oh, tough way to go. But, hey, congratulations to our winners and congratulations uh, to the uh, most outstanding player from Punahou Anuhea Ilai. Yeah, I don't know if I said that right. Sorry, Anuhea. Two hours in a row. I messed up your name, I think. Uh, Solala Nasu from Pac-5, most outstanding player. Uh, we can't read all of the uh, names, but uh, good representation on the Division One all-tournament teams from Punahou, Kamehameha, Oahu, Campbell, Mililani, your usual suspects. On the D2 side, Kapa'a, Kamehameha, Hawaii, Pac-5. Uh, Kapa'a uh, has somebody in there, Siena, Yamashita, I see you. But uh, congratulations to those guys. So coming up, we got the Motivate Foundation HHSAA Boys Soccer Tournament kicking off this week and the Heidi and Cook Girls Basketball going on as well. About to hit you with the – it's going to be fun to watch. Very yeah, excited. It's fun to watch. Always hey, love watching, you know, this competition go through. Uh, what else can I say that Gary Dickman usually says that I can, you know, as I'm subbing in for him, I feel like I have to, you know, put in some kind of energy from Gary because when you were away for a little bit, you know, I tried to make sure that Gary still felt there was that energy from Chris Hart as well. So uh, let me know if there's more I can do. You're doing fine. And you, Gary, uh, Gary's not feeling well. And I know this is, you know, he wouldn't normally wake up at this time. So I know he's not listening, but if someone sees Gary, just tell him that we're wishing him the best and uh, hopefully he has a, a speedy uh, recovery. All right, we got uh, the Super Bowl coming up. It's Super Bowl week. we got to get it in the Super Bowl. We were talking about Super Bowl foods, but um, in, I mentioned, okay, whether you're on the mainland or here locally in Hawaii, because our, our Super Bowl foods are so different in so many ways. But there's one thing that I think everybody agrees on is chicken wings. Chicken wings, number one. But you know what? Uh, you know what I forgot? Even if it's here in Hawaii and you have little, you know, spam musubis and things like that, right? Poke. Even in Hawaii, if you do like pigs in a blanket, that's the first to go. I mean, the greatest invention ever was little Smokies. The little Smokies and the business. It, it, it's, it, it's, I believe they're pretty cumbersome to make. If you're using BizQuick and, you know, you got to wrap up the little Smokies and the thing, and eh, it takes a little while. But, hey, you know, if somebody shows up at your party with with uh, little Smokies, little, you know, pigs in a blanket, boy, they should get, you know, I don't know, they should get the award for best food. Because I guarantee you, adults and kids alike, little Smokies, they're, they're done. They're, they're gone. They don't even need to be in a blanket. That's how good it, they are. Well, a little smoke, yeah. I'll say but this: in, if there's in a, a blanket, though, it, it they'll it be better. the first to go. They'll be. You can't make enough pigs in a blanket. I'll say this: if there's a bowl of freestanding Smokies at the table, I am hovering that table. <laughs> I'm hovering over that bowl and be like, oh, <laughs> let me but, let me take one of these. Yeah. By the way, uh, CBS is going to be uh, debuting some all kinds of great innovative technology in the super bowl they have uh they're going to have a bunch of drones so that which is surprising 
because remember you're not allowed to have drones fly over they must have got some kind of special permit uh fly over stadiums i mean they'll shoot you down uh they have doink cameras doink cameras embedded into the goalposts. i guess they call it a doink camera because it hits it and goes doink if it hits the goalpost. i guess but check this out check this out this is the kind of technology we this is a great time to be alive because of the technology we can enjoy nowadays uh we have got uh f- there are going to be 48 48 super slow motion cameras now this is this is going to be this is not just cbs because nickelodeon's got their cameras there and other people too right 24 4k zoom cameras 24 live robotic cameras i don't know what this means but 23 augmented reality cameras so 11 on cbs 8 on nickelodeon have you ever heard of an augmented reality camera so that's kind of like ar so that's like not like um uh, with vr it's not like vr but what ar is i think it causes it can allow you to interact with the space with an AR camera, with that, okay. not VR, necessarily I'm guessing is in virtual. Vir, VR, I'm guessing, is virtual reality. Yes. AR would be augmented, artificial, reality. augmented. Oh, ad- like okay. what you just said. Oh, augment. Oh, AR. I'm sorry. All right. Don't worry, I got you. All right, I'll, I'll wait to see. Okay, they have six 4K doink cameras in the goalposts. I love it. Why six? I need guess them. one on the one coverage. on the one on the crossbar on the bottom. I guess. I guess he needs for six. So it's you got one on each bar and then one on right. the crossbar on both. That's Googles. what I'm thinking. Yeah, there will be three sky cams, two fly cams, and three drones. What's the difference between a sky? I guess those are all on wires, and there's three drones. Uh, there will be a real time 3D animation graphics package. And uh, get this, they have and more as well. It just says and more. They have the and more too? Yes, and more I've been as waiting well. for an and more for a lot of these packages. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, you can catch the uh, Super Bowl on CBS and Nickelodeon. But it, can't you catch the Super Bowl on a number of different platforms? I'm sure you can get it on Paramount. But are, are there other channels with alternative broadcasts? I'm sure if you have something like YouTube TV that gets CBS, then that would be another way to catch it. But those are the only ones that I know about. And I think I will say I want to kind of catch. I'm not going to watch it for the entire time. I want to kind of catch that Nickelodeon broadcast. Oh, yeah. Because it actually has a couple of really nice broadcasters. Um, Ian Eagle is going to be a part of that. Um, oh. uh, Nate Burleson will be color. But uh, for the kids as well. They also have a bunch of popular Nickelodeon characters being there. One of my favorites, uh, because as we all know, uh, Gene Steratore is one of the more popular rules analysts uh-huh. for these broadcasts. For Nickelodeon, their rules analyst is Dora the Explorer. Hey, hey. If you need someone to explain to you right up, I think Dora's the right person to do it. I was hoping for Little Mermaid. She's not on the, she's on the That's number Nickelodeon. two That's Nickelodeon. That's not Disney. Oh, okay. I'm confused. So if you're on Disney, you can't enter the transfer portal and go to Nickelodeon? Unfortunately, Disney keeps – I think they have one of those uh, you-have-to-sit-out-a-year rules. And <laughs> that, that's a little too a little too rough for those Disney athletes. Uh, in Saturn news, 
Uh, you might have seen this on the uh, on the on TV last night, but Patrick Mahomes' dad was arrested for DWI. Uh, uh, I guess somewhere wherever he lives, somewhere in Texas. Is it Tyler, Texas? Yeah, in Tyler, Texas. Now, the the reason one of the reasons this makes news is because well, it's Patrick Mahomes' dad. Uh, but this is the third time he's been busted drinking and driving. So I think after the third time, you can face up to like. 10 years in jail that's got to be um a, i would think that's a big distraction for patrick mahomes on super bowl week you hope that it doesn't end up being that up to because you know i think that would be the one grace there for a guy like pat mahomes senior there where you don't hope it happens yet at the same time it's your third infraction it's something so dangerous as driving while intoxicated is right. certainly not something to be like, well, I hope he gets out free at some point. You know, that's one of those things where you have to say, well, you willingly went out there and drove intoxicated. Well, yeah. And we're not, you know, not to stand on a soapbox, but OK, so say he gets off, he does it again. And that's when he gets killed or kills somebody right. himself. And you say, well, because. You never punished him for it. It's tough, man. That's tough. It's, and I think it's an important thing to harp on, especially this weekend, Super Bowl weekend, because like we all know, we're all probably going to be drinking a few drinks here and there, and it's important to remember, hey, there are other people on the road out there. You know, Not only think for yourself and your family, think about others and their families as well. You know, mm. Be safe out there is basically what I'm taking out of this story. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, uh, Callan Spiller is going to join us. We're going to get into the Rainbow Wahine coming up in a second here. Keep listening. we got basketball tickets uh, for the Rainbow Warriors taking on UC San Diego Thursday night at the Stan Sheriff Center. We'll be giving those away. By the way, call the coach with Aran Ganat tonight, 630 at Ruby Tuesday, Moanalua. Uh, our text line is open, 808-296-1420. Uh, somebody says chicken wings are for sheep. I don't think sheep mean? should be eating chicken. Yeah, and um, and, and this person's also calling uh, for Iran Ganat's job. Uh, this one just says you got talent if you went to Punahou. Oh, so it was it was when you were talking about the student section. And you said you weren't and you were talentless. No, I was lucky. <laughs> well, I mean, I was on financial aid and I got lucky. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, texts coming in and it's just, they're just kind of repeating themselves. It's to say, uh, you know, get rid of Iran Ganat. I mean, the guys, you know, we can say that about, you know, they said, you know, before they were saying, get rid of Timmy Chang, get rid of everybody. It seems to be a, a, a common thread. Uh, this says, uh, this next one says many fans would like to see a coaching change with a men's basketball team. And I don't know, it's – they're coming off a pretty good year, aren't they? No? Where did we finish last year? Last year we finished fifth. Or was it the year before? The year before we finished third. Uh, this one says, I, don't, I know you guys don't feel that way. At what point will your opinion change? How many more first-round exits do you need in the Big West tournament? Don't you feel Hawaii deserves better? I don't know. I'm starting to think – what basketball coach, and I brought this up before, what men's basketball coach has brought us perennial championships? Ever. Ever. 
I think the, the planets are the planets were kind of uh, in alignment the right way a couple of times in the seventies with your fabulous five and afterwards with Thomas Henderson and Artie Wilson. You know, you've been to a couple of tournaments, NCAA tournaments, you know, with Savo and, and those teams. But I mean, what are there? Seven really good Rainbow Warrior basketball teams in the last 40, 50 years. What is it about men's basketball on the collegiate level in Hawaii? Because it's it, Riley Wallace, you could you could argue, was a 500 coach. Other guys were worse. Now, you had one coach that was really good, but they found out he was really good because he was cheating. I think when I think about that kind of argument, mm-hmm. why does that stop us from seeking out greatness, though? Because we, I think about it like Hawaii baseball. For 20 years, we had Trapasso, and we think about, you know, oh, you know, we're doing fine. Everyone's graduating. It's okay. But I think once we fired Tra- uh, Trapasso and we went on to Rich Hill, Rich Hill is aiming for championships. And he's gotten better and better and better every single year with these teams. I think for the argument of, well, we've never been good, so we shouldn't really be pining for greatness from this program, I think that's something that a lot of people hear and say, well, that's not an argument that I'm willing to get behind. And I think for a guy like Iran, I'm sure he's not out there being like, well, I hope we're at least 500 every single year. Right. I'm sure he's also you know, aiming for these championships, but yet at the same time, there has to be some kind of self-awareness here as as a program, and we have to find out what it is we're doing wrong here and what we can do to fix it. And I yeah. feel like for Iran, it's improving player development because that's something that we have yet to really, really capitalize on the last couple of years as well as recruitment also improving a little bit as well because we have these play- we have these guys that play hard for us yet at the same time if they were only just a little bit better maybe uh, it would help oh, we got a text that says that uh, uh, Chris you're becoming an apologist for mediocrity and uh, you know what I-, I guess I am I don't know I just I mean I'm not pals I don't hang out with Iran Ganat I I don't you know I-, I have nothing against the coach. But, boy, I just feel so bad with what he's this stretch that he's going through right now. Whether If this was happening to Laura Beeman, I'd feel the same way. Timmy Chang, the same way. But, hey, you know what? Let's still support the program. Uh, you know, if we see these angry texts, are you guys still going to the games? Are you going to the games? Have you been going to the games? If you guys were calling and, or typing swear words and all of that stuff that you're doing right now, can you let me know? I'm just taking a poll. Let us know. Are you going to the game still? Okay, coming up, Callan Spiller on the Rainbow Wahine. That's on the way here on ESPN Honolulu. If you're looking for a place to catch the Super Bowl, make it 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar in the Pearl City Shopping Center. They've got the big video wall and a brand-new menu featuring crispy Lechon pork, baked pizza made to order, hamburgers, Chili with bacon-wrapped hot dogs. That's a Super Bowl plate lunch right there. Garlic shrimp, hurricane dynamite, chicken, fried rice. You get the idea. 
so many things to choose from. It's great food and great football at uh, Craft Beer at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at the Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. We're talking about uh, Super Bowl foods. Tanner and I have just discovered one here. Upside down pepperoni and cheese focaccia bread. Huh? Google it. Google it for your uh, Super Bowl party. Gary Dickman is uh, out. Hopefully he's feeling better. He'll be back in a couple of days. Callan Spiller joins us now on ESPN Honolulu. You'll hear her velvety tones on the radio with Dave Kawada calling Rainbow Wahine basketball games good morning Callan. good morning thank you so much for your kind words and for having me i appreciate it sorry we're a little bit late we're running behind uh, today but boy in that game uh let's talk, talk about yesterday's game against uc irvine melani McBee in the fourth quarter super awesome deja did a little bit of everything uh every i mean she did a bunch of stuff that you can't find on the stat line she was really instrumental in that win too huh Definitely. I think the special part about this Rainbow Wahine team is there are so many different players who are able to step up on any given night. And this weekend, we saw Melani, we saw Deja, we saw Lily Wahine Kapu. A variety of players are able to step up when the time comes, and it makes it difficult for other teams to create a scout and execute a scout against the Rainbow Wahine this year. You know, the uh, Hawaii is in first place despite all of these injuries. The crowd was a pretty good crowd. I mean, it seemed the crowd really pumped them up, too, during this game on Saturday. Definitely. The energy was palpable. It was such an exciting crowd, and it's really exciting to see the support that the program is getting. And even in my two years as a Rainbow Ahine, last night and some of these most recent games have had way more people in the crowd getting hyped up, giving that energy to the girls. So it's really, really exciting to see the support that the team's getting, for sure. Now, you seem like a very positive young woman. And uh, But I don't know how positive you could be about some of that refereeing in the game. It seemed like there were some horrible calls. Or, or even just, you know, not even, not even on, on fouls. It's like the ball is about three feet away from Imani Perez's hand, and they're all, oh, out of bounds on her. And she's like, I didn't even touch the ball. I don't know if you noticed oh. that or if you even want to comment on it, but I'm going to come out and br- I'm going to bring it up at least. Well, you know, as a former player who has experienced different kinds of referees and different kinds of calls, I definitely understand what you're saying. And sometimes behind the mic when we're calling the game, it's hard for me to contain <laughs> some of those feelings. So while I can't comment on specific calls directly, you know, I kind of go back to my thoughts from when I was a player of you can't control the ref calls as egregious as they might be sometimes. And I thought the team did a great job of playing through it and ending up with those two wins to, pro- to show I think you could, if you're if you're there, that you could go, hey, Dave, I'm a little curious about that call. That would be enough. I've definitely come up with some creative wording to say, you know, that was an interesting <laughs> call in my opinion. <laughs> so it's been a great challenge for me to, you know, not get too excited. And I'm used to being, you know, on the bench pretty dang closer in the game. So having to shift. Some of those typical, you know, vocal yelling I'd have when a teammate makes a shot or things like that. It's been a fun challenge. Sometimes I have to cover my mouth because I get so excited and I'm so mm-hmm. used to being more vocal right there next to the court. Former Rainbow Wahine basketball player Callan Spiller 
uh, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. She also is uh, on the broadcast team here as well. You know, looking at the stat line here, Hawaii, the Rainbow Wahine have 17 turnovers. But, I mean, do you see Irvine? I, I can't remember. Were they pressing, like, the entire game or just the second half? I mean, that's got to be really tiring for the, you know, pressing that long and that hard. That's got to be tough for both teams, I mean, physically, isn't it? Definitely. It felt like we saw the Rainbow Ahime guards take it to a new level because Irvine did press the whole game. That's what Irvine wants to do and has wanted to do in previous seasons is generate their offense from getting turnovers through their press. So they have a really tough duo of guards and Konate and Lee who are both really talented and getting steals and making it difficult for the Rainbow Ahine guards. So they do want to push the turnover numbers as high as possible and the Bows did a great job in trying to battle that and even though I'm sure Coach Beeman would say those turnover numbers were a little too high, we'll take the win in the win column. You know, we opened up this interview talking about how likable this team, how easy this team is to root for. Talk about a player like Jackie David who the last yeah. couple of weeks, her minutes have been getting longer and longer and longer. She finishes the game against UC Irvine with the second most minutes coming off the bench. 19 minutes, so, you know, two points, three rebounds, not necessarily, you know, groundbreaking numbers. But how awesome has it been seeing that Jackie David slowly but surely, you know, cementing herself back into this lineup? Jackie David, I think, is just such an inspirational player in so many ways. During her time at UH, she's had some different injuries and some family struggles that she's been battling through. And for me, she's one of the people I'm closest to on the team still. To see her come back from her injury last January, fight through the spring and summer with rehab and keeping a positive attitude and being a supportive teammate, which can be really hard, she's been a constant for the Rainbow Ahine as a leader when she's on the court and when she's off. And so to see her battle back and honestly have a pretty quick recovery time and continue to make a significant impact in these games so early after coming back and not playing in a game for a year. It means the world to me to see her. I know it means the world to the team and she's just a great player that is definitely likable. Like you said, I think she's really inspirational and does what the team needs her to do to help grind out those wins. I thought it was cool on Thursday. She hit, didn't she start the scoring off on both halves with a three pointer? She did both the first half and the second half just stepped right up, hit some quick threes and gave the team that boost of energy. She's such a versatile player where she can use her strength and power down low inside. She's able to stretch the floor with her three point shooting. One of those impossible players to guard. And I have, and I know because I had to do it every day in practice for two years. <laughs> hey, check this out. I was just having to doing this little fun exercise here. So you take Hawaii starters in this game. Uh, Ash, uh, Imani Perez, Ashley Toms, Lily Wahine Kapu, uh, Melani McBee, and Olivia Davies. And then you take the five ladies coming off the bench. Deja Phillips, Vivian Barrett, only played a couple of seconds, but Viv. Deja Viv, Jade Peacock, who's getting better and better and better. Kelsey Imai, and Jackie David. Basically, you could make another Big West Conference team with those five ladies coming off the bench, and they'd be pretty pretty good team, wouldn't they? 100%. You know, Deja's a former starter. Kelsey's a former starter. Jackie's a former starter. There are at least eight players who are playing for the Bows every single night who have Division One championship starting experience. This team is so deep and easily that second group and even that third group 
that team is deep from 1 through 15. Everyone's able to make a difference. And maybe we don't see it every night from everyone, but it's the depth and pushing each other in practice that I think really makes this team be leaps and bounds above some other Big West teams. Yeah. Do you Have you heard anything about Brooklyn Brewers? Is she getting close to coming back? Is there any chatter about that or what? I personally haven't heard too much, but from what I've seen, she was in a boot last weekend. She wasn't in a boot this weekend, which to me – makes me think that there's some progress there. I know the team is really excited about her return, but mm. as we've learned the last two years, you want to be playing your best basketball and have everyone ready to go in March. And so, you know, I think the longer she stays out or needs to rest it, the coaches aren't going to push her to come back too soon because they really want her for that conference tournament in March. Uh, very good. Well, Callan, it's been a, a treat having you on the show today. Thank you very much, and we'll uh, talk to you uh, very soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great rest of your day. All right, that's Callan Spiller with the animals here. This is ESPN Honolulu. Up next for the Rainbow Wahine, they do have UC San Diego Thursday on the road. And the men's basketball team's got UC San Diego at the Stan Sheriff Center. You want free tickets? We're giving away a couple right now. 808-296-1420. Be caller number two. And we've got those tickets for you on us. So call in and win time now for our bulletin board brought to you by hawaii usa federal credit union life matters families affected by disasters urgently need your support you can help the american red cross provide help and hope to people affected by disasters big and small donate today go to redcross.org once again brought to you by hawaii usa life matters All right, congratulations to Sherry from from the 96816 who just won the men's basketball tickets. Remember, got called the coach tonight at uh, Ruby Tuesday. And uh, we're getting folks who are, you know, some of the texts are kind of mixed. And it's like, yeah, I'm a season ticket holder. I go to the games, but they're upset uh, that the team is, uh, you know, struggling this year. And other people are saying, hey, you know what? Uh, This one says I go to the Big West tournament uh, all the time. I'm paraphrasing. I don't want to read the thing word for word. But basically they're saying I go to the Big West tournament all the time. But it's frustrating because the men often finish one and done. Uh, so this year, I'm going to the Big West tournament to root on the. It's like I used to go to the tournament to root on the to root on the men and then support the Wahine. Now he's saying I'm going to the Big West tournament to root on the Wahine, and I'll be there to support the guys as well. You know what? And may, and what if this does become something like I don't know one of those universities where the women's basketball team is more popular than the men's basketball team. I mean, if that's the case, that's the case. I mean, number one, if that's the case, you got to give Laura Beeman a raise. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, for years, our women's volleyball team was way more popular than our men's team, right? I Until think... Charlie Wade came along. Right. And, and and before you had Mike Wilton and the, the you know, the, the Beatles and those guys that played for him that were immensely popular. I think when it comes to the point of, you know, obviously, I understand your point. 
when it comes to just kind of coming out and supporting the team, um, despite the recent the recent lack of success. And I think I kind of come from that same boat of hey, you know, we're seeing a lot of struggles. It's good for the players to see the fans still come out and support them. It's just like on a psychological level, seeing fans out there rooting for you, that helps you. I will also yeah. say, though, to the point of the fans that are probably kind of against uh, your, you know, your point of view of, come on, if you're if you're hating, you should come out to the fa- you should. Are you actually going to the games if you're hating? Because I'm just say, wondering, just wondering. I'm not saying you should or right. should. I'm just wondering. I'm curious. Yeah. And I get that. And I just think that for some people, it's that going to the games or maybe even just not going to the games is their way to express how they feel about the program at this point. And I get both sides of the argument because mm-hmm. to, there are two absolutes in a uh, pendulum because I think both sides will be equally annoyed at the other side because they are <laughs> the antithesis of each other. And that's well, really yeah. hard to balance because there are, you know, the loyal people that will go out and watch Rainbow Warrior basketball you know, despite their winning or not. And, you know, kudos to those people. And yet there are also the people who are deeply passionate about basketball, who the more they watch this team, and especially look at this season, and you just say, man, they just don't look right this year. Mm. And so maybe for them, that response is, hey, maybe we just need someone, you know, a new voice, you know, leading these guys. There are people that will say that. And right, to that and point, you see that, and you see that happen all the time. Right, and and I think the argument of, well, you hope it'll change next year. That's like the whole thing of after every single year that we've seen of a you know solid season ending up one and done in the Big West tournament, and just saying mm-hmm. year after year, saying, well, we hope it'll be better next year. So for a lot of people. That's just grading, especially after what nine years into the Aranganad era. I, I, and I see, and uh, you know, so, and you know what, and and you, if Hawaii's not, if if it's not fun, and somebody texted this in and alluded to this, it's like, well, I'm not going to the games because it's not fun. I'm not having any fun there, so you know, I'm not saying pay. Whatever it is to go buy a basketball ticket and sit there in misery in the Stan Sheriff Center. I'm just, I'm just wondering if we can get above. Okay, the team's lost a few. Let's not go. You know, right. look, and somebody else texts, and they have a good point. The Rainbow Warrior men's volleyball team has Stanford coming to town Wednesday and Friday. Now, many people aren't going to go to four sporting events four nights in a row. If you've got to choose, I think a lot of people are going to choose Stanford volleyball versus, uh, you know, Hawaii Rainbow Warrior basketball right now. And it's, and I just feel bad. I feel bad for the players. I feel bad for the guys who have committed to playing for this team and work their butts off in practice, and it doesn't translate to wins on the court. It's, it's. I feel bad. And it's tough for everyone out there. It's tough for the coaches. It's tough for the players. And like we said, it's tough for the fans because it's hard to have fun at a basketball game, but also watch your favorite team lose. Because I'll yeah. say there are you know points in because when I have to go out and cover some of these games, I have fun at some points. I love the mystery box. The mystery box is probably <laughs> one of my new favorite promos. Uh, shout right. out Eric Matthews there. But 
at a point, you can have a lot of these, you know, fun little tidbits here and there. At the end of the day, for everyone, it sucks to lose. It's never yeah. a good feeling. Uh, somebody texted in here, men's basketball looks bad. Needs some change, but they we just... still need to support our team. When a friend is doing well, it's fun. But when they are struggling in life, we don't write them off. We keep supporting them. So we need to keep supporting our men's basketball team. I support the men's basketball team. I mean, I'm a, you know, we're full supporters. But at the same time, you know, is whatever happens with your coaching change or if people want, some people want a coaching change. Some people at this point just don't care, and that's the worst. When people just don't care anymore, that's what you don't want to get to. And we can say this. Everyone texting in right now, I think we can verify that they care. Yeah. Because they're listening to us, and they're uh, outright refuting a lot of our points, you know, to their with their opinions. But what we can't say is that these people that are texting in, calling in, you know, tweeting or commenting on Instagram and all that, they care about their basketball team, and they just want to see this team succeed, and much like how we want to see this team succeed. We're all on the same path here. Uh, it's important to also say, hey, man, we're all not going to agree, obviously, on every single point, but I love that we're still talking about this because people mm -hmm. are texting in, and that's awesome because at to, to your point, it's the worst when no one cares. And if yeah. we're talking about this and no one's calling in or no one's texting in, that's the fear. But right mm. now, we're in that era still of people wanting to see this team succeed. Right. It's when you say, hey, it's time to give away men's basketball tickets and no one calls. That's when you start getting worried. Uh, somebody says, hey, you got it, Tanner. We still support the program, but at some point, things have to change. And when you say things have to change, does it have to be the coach? Can it be – I don't know. I, we'll, we'll, and you know what? Whatever your questions are, if you're asking about – if you're complaining about what we get a lot, at, including today, is a lot of texts about poor recruiting, mediocre recruiting. Well, if you've got a question about recruiting, ask Aran Ganat. And most people aren't brave enough to call with criticism – but you can always text, call the coach, 6.30 to 7.30 tonight. And I'll say this. As a board operator here that has done call the coach multiple times, when we ask you, what is your question, we are not screening you. <laughs> we are simply just communicating what the question is to the people on the other side of the radio waves. So I just want to mention that because there are a lot of people that criticize I've seen of, of us screening calls. I will say, well, as someone that answered the phones a lot, uh -huh. that is just so that we can tell the other people what they're asking about. And I'll, that's, that's all I have to say about that point. Well, it's okay to call screen. For example, a lot of times, we don't do it that much because you'll hear it on the air, but at, at, at Radio 101 or at Talk Radio School, if we're talking going on and on about the NBA – and some, and you hear this when someone calls and goes, "Hey, I'd like to switch gears." See, that's a radio no-no. Right. Just so when when we're talking about, say, the NBA, and then all of a sudden someone wants to call in about the Buffalo Bills, the call screener will say, "Hey, can you call back in a little while? Right now, we're kind of on basketball." That's the reason people ask you as well. 
on, uh, you know, what you're going to do, uh, you know, what your question is going to be. It's uh, 849. we got to take a break and let you and wish you a happy Kahala Monday. You see, you can upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick one up for yourself pretty please at one of Kahala's six stores island-wide or at Kahala.com. We'll be right back. Hey, check it out, check it out. UH men's baseball coach Rich Hill and Wahine soccer coach uh, Michelle Nagamine, they joined Chef Zone for the first coach's cook-off. <laughs> coach Bud and uh, Coach Hill in a coach's cook-off. They went head-to-head preparing dishes with Alan Wong's guidance. Wow. You can check out the full video. It's out now on our ESPN Honolulu YouTube page, also on Chef Zone's Instagram and Facebook. Uh, check it out. I guess that means maybe there's more coaches' cookouts to come, hey, cookoffs you know, to come. You know, that's certainly very exciting. You get two probably the most positive coaches on lower campus in Bud Nagamine and Rich Hill. I don't think there's ever a moment where I've seen either of them and there's not, you know, a smile plastered across either of their faces. I love those mm. guys. All right, back to the uh, text line at 808-296-1420. Regarding, uh, somebody says here, when they called in, because I'm saying, hey, if you want to call in, call in, call the coach tonight. He says, a family member called last week and left her on hold for over half an hour, and she gave up. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So what it does is we got to, if our guys in the studio can remind the hosts, you got somebody on the phone. Maybe they forgot or something because we're not shouldn't leave somebody on the hold for half an hour. Come on. Uh, let's see. It says it seemed like they didn't want to take a live call. I think they'd like to call. They'd like to have live calls. Hence, call the coach. Anyway, just thought about that. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. Here's the text here. It says that's why. Hawaii fans are front-running fair-weather fans. They need to know, can't win them all. Just support your team, win or lose. See, I agree with that. I say support the team. Support them. You know, it's like if, if every time they're bad, we're going to play in front of empty stadiums. It's not the best coaching destination out there, right? It's like, I mean, you the, the, the fans are acting like the David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers owner. Oh, we lost the game. Fire the coach. Oh, the next coach lost three games. Fire him. I've been like four coaches in three years, something like that. Yeah, fire him. Well, I think the main difference there is that those are only like one year, even at most, uh, you know, heavens forbid, two-year coaching guy for David Tepper. But yeah. I think for, you know, a lot of frustrated fans, it's been nine years. And you look at a guy like they will support people if they're successful over a long period of time. I think mm-hmm. they will be you know, supporting new coaches when they come in. I mean, the Les Murakami gets packed out every single year for, uh, you know, Rainbow Baseball. Rich Hill's only been there for two years, third-place right. finish, fifth-place finish, but overall right. very and, entertaining baseball. But, and that, But they started coming with when Mike, they, they, Mike, Mike Trapasso was there. 
they had good crowds. Part of the reason is a lot of people here, and I think sports fans in general, they go to see the opponent. So, hey, we're going to go see Ole Miss play Hawaii. Or NC State. But you also, it, it, you know, to be fair, how does Hawaii hold up against somebody like Ole Miss? I also think right? that is also maybe like a Hawaii culture thing. Because let's be real, we're not getting a lot of basketball players in the NBA. We're not getting a lot of basketball players at Division One college, you know, if you know we what I mean. Get, we don't we're, have a lot a of short local state. basketball players. We're a short yes. state. So, of we're course, we do people. good in baseball. We're short people. We do good in baseball. And our linemen are, 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 are in football, are, you know, our tallest linemen are 6'1". And that's okay. But maybe that's why. I mean, once in a while, you'll have a Bobby Nash or a, uh, oh, God, Alika Smith, Right. But I mean, how often do you have a star local player? Well, their a issue is they transfer to Utah. What? They go out the and they move to Utah. Players? Like well, the JJ Mandiquit, basically, is what I was referring to. Yeah, but I mean, we don't nowadays. But nowadays. even in the old days, even in the old days where you couldn't transfer and do all of that. I mean, there are very few and far between. That might be part of the problem. Who knows? All right. Hey, anyway, we'll see you. Call the coach tonight, 630, Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua. And uh, more tickets to give away throughout the day here on ESPN Honolulu. Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union supports Kokua for Maui. Drop off your monetary donations at any of their 12 locations island-wide. They are here for all your money needs and for our family and friends on Maui. All monetary donations go to the Hawaii region of the American Red Cross to specifically help the Maui wildfires. Thank you for your Kokua and generosity. Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union and our Maui branch is here for life.